This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to another episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. In this episode, I interview Liz Blanc. Liz is a stand-up comedian who has performed comedy all over the country, worked with many nationally touring headliners, and was named one of Ohio's funniest women by Cleveland.com in 2008, as well as winning many other awards. Liz began her stand-up career in Cleveland, Ohio, while she was teaching high school. In this episode, Liz gets real about the trade-offs she had to make in order to pursue her dream. Those trade-offs include leaving teaching, selling her house, and moving across the country to Los Angeles. Make sure you listen to the entire episode to hear Liz open up about how counseling helped her weigh the pros and cons of making this huge decision. Hey, Liz, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, I know that from speaking to you on Instagram, you did move to Los Angeles and I wanted to check and see how that transition's been going for you. It's good. Um, you know, considering everything going on, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a strange city to live in right now while everything's shut down, but welcome to my neighborhood. Thank you. So I wanted to ask, because you are a former teacher, how long were you a teacher? 11 years. And during the time that you were teaching, were you doing stand-up comedy at the same time? I was for the last four years. What made you want to get into comedy? Um, I just felt like I had things to say and they were funny. And um, if I could paint some kind of picture of teachers that other people or audience members hadn't thought of before and um, kind of shed a light on how difficult this job can be. Um, why not just do it? And it was it was a good outlet for me. You know, I, I needed that outlet after a stressful day. Yeah, I think that that's something that a lot of teachers find solidarity in the humor of some of the some of the stressful days that they had. Did you ever worry about your school or district finding out that you were doing comedy? Or did they know that you were doing comedy at the time? Uh, they knew I went to the union beforehand. 
And um, I, I, I explained to them that I was interested in stand-up and I was going to be starting some open mics. And um, I said, you know, what are some guidelines or some things that I need to watch out for so that I don't get myself in, in trouble? And they were like, well, you're already tenured. Um, don't just don't say the district by name. You know, don't use any real names for kids or teachers or anyone you're talking about. And um, you will be good to go. That's kind of similar to something that happened with me. Um, I put myself through school as a bartender. And then, you know, I deleted all social media when I finally got into the classroom. I didn't want any of the parents to find out and try and use it against me. And after a little while, I had a really good opportunity to work on the weekends as a bartender at a tiki bar that my friends were opening that would have been something that I loved. And I was really nervous to do it. Like I thought somehow I wasn't allowed to. So I went to the union for that as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, people, uh, you know, there's this idea that we kind of have to be saints in our, like we live, we live some kind of like puritanical personal lives and and we don't we're normal people yeah absolutely we also have something in common as I was watching your um, comedy it seems like you came from a background where both of your parents were teachers that is true I I mean I I I can definitely appreciate my parents being teachers they were um, very nurturing very into learning they modeled really good academic skills for me and I think that did help me and it helped me as an adult too because I, I still do have a passion for learning and working hard and definitely like I just naturally want to discover new things. And I think my parents really did instill that. And I think them being teachers was probably a big part of that. They did teach in my school, which was really hard. Yeah, my mom was a teacher and I was at a school where she taught as well. So I think it helps you really grow up appreciating education and wanting to be a successful student. I I also had a um, real infatuation with going to teacher stores and like picking out borders and stickers. Oh, yeah, I love that sort of thing. That's I think what got me into wanting to become a teacher when I was picking, you know, my my path was always really appreciating education. But when it came time for me to um, actually start to pick that path, my mom, you know, she she told me not to do it. My parents did the same thing. Yeah, just based on burnout or did they have specific reasons? Um, yeah, well, my mom, my mom was an English teacher and very rarely did she leave school before 7 p.m. I mean, because she was just swamped in, in papers all the time. And then um, my father was a special ed teacher, so he knew the difficulties surrounding special education paperwork and accommodations and behaviors, you know, that kids can display when they're struggling. And um, I ended up majoring in special education and then becoming highly qualified in English. So I took both of these things that I knew would be really hard jobs. And I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll combine them. That That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I it's I mean it's not funny when when they were warning you and then you ended up going the the same direct or the exact opposite direction. But <laughs> right, my sister does the same job. She's an English special education teacher. So when did you decide to make the jump to doing comedy full time? I knew about a year and a half or two years into comedy, I I want to do this, and I was starting to get road gigs and starting to get gigs that that paid pretty well. Um, but I couldn't devote my 
myself to the road full time. And um, I went to therapy for some guidance. I did about two years of therapy and just we did pro and con lists and talked about things that would make would make this transition easy or hard or, you know, just kind of really set myself up for success. I'm forever grateful for my therapist um, who happened to be the spouse of a teacher. So um, they were really able to help me out. And then I, I started saving. I started saving money so I could quit. And um, I was lucky enough to have a house that had gone up in value. The neighborhood I had purchased it in had become in high demand. And I was able to sell that house and have some money to live off of in addition to my savings. You definitely had all of your goals planned out far in advance. You really were contemplating this for a while. Right. I'm sure one of the things that you were concerned about was stability. You know, a lot of teachers uh, who are thinking of going into new career paths usually say, well, I like the stability of, of what I'm doing right now. I like the job security. Was that one of the fears that you had? Oh, absolutely. I was in a very secure position. I was a tenured special education teacher. So um, yeah, I mean, I could have been there through retirement. I never had to worry about getting cut or anything like that. I, I would say be cautious, but, you know, make a financial plan and, and see if, you know, it is possible for you to leave if you want to leave that badly just kind of make things work out. You might have to make some adjustments, but um, it can really be doable if you plan well. One of the reasons why I really wanted to bring you on the show is I wanted to showcase teachers who left, not just because, you know, they had to get out, they were absolutely, you know, so depressed in their position, but also people who transitioned into new roles that they loved. You know, you had to choose between these two roles because you said that you weren't able to do all the shows that you were wanting to or or able to do. Is that kind of the position that you felt like you were in pulled between two worlds? I was, but I also did not enjoy the way I was treated as a teacher either. <laughs> so by the time I had saved that money and, you know, was getting ready to put my house on the market and things like that, I, I was truly ready to get out. But I had a lot of great years in education, too. At first, um, it was very much, um, I was very much conflicted. Did you find that even when you were stressed out that the students were able to bring you joy because you have a good sense of humor, clearly? Oh, they're, they were hilarious. They were the best part. Like, they, they're great. They're, if, if I just could work with kids all day and not do, like, special ed paperwork or deal with angry parents or administrators and things like that, it would be awesome. Have you met other former teachers who have gone into creative roles or comedy? I have. I've met a few who have gone into photography. And yes, comedy is well. There are a couple teacher comedians who I've met. And um, yeah, they're pretty funny. I like I like to hear classroom stories and kind of have that solidarity. Did you ever approach them and let them know that you were a former teacher too? Yes, I've done shows with a few former teachers. Chris Priester, he actually goes by Chris Priester, the teacher on stage. And he's out of Florida and he's pretty funny. What has the transition from working in a classroom to having uh, your own business pretty much been? There are definitely some other forms of stress, like getting healthcare was stressful, paying insurance, paying co-pays out of pocket and things like that. I had wonderful health insurance as a teacher. Um, I no longer do, but I also haven't gotten sick once since I quit teaching. So that just tells you how germy kids are. 
But yeah, um, getting the healthcare, seeing what other people pay for healthcare outside of teaching, it's it's pretty insane. Not having too much to do during the day, having to fill your own schedule. Like I try to keep a writing schedule and a reading schedule. And so I'm always reading and editing my own work like for a few hours every day. And then um, I've done a few socially distanced open mics, but not having a purpose to wake up in the morning was really difficult at first. Like I had to say, okay, you're going to write from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And then you're going to break for lunch and you're going to write from, you know, noon to two or whatever I wanted my schedule to be that particular day or week. Yeah, I think that was something that I got in the habit of as well when I started my own business was having to block off specific time frames to make sure that I felt like I was being as productive as I could be during those time frames. Yeah, it's it was definitely a huge challenge trying to manage my time when I didn't have anything to do or that I had to do, I should say. Do you regret not having summers off anymore? No. I, I don't. It's kind of nice making my own schedule and just, you know, writing when I can and kind of setting my intention every day the way I want I want to set it. If I want to take a day off, I just do. So you taught for 11 years. How long have you been a full-time comedian for? I've been out for a year from teaching and I unfortunately am not really doing any comedy right now with the pandemic. Um, so I would say I had like a solid nine months where I was really able to pursue comedy on a full-time basis. Um, but right now I'm just really focused on writing. I've done a few socially distanced mics to kind of try to keep my cadence and my set and my stage presence up. Consistent, I guess, is what I mean. Do you have any side hustles or freelance business that you do? I recently interviewed to substitute teach virtually because I was like, why not? If I can make some extra money and I don't have to leave my home, why wouldn't I do that? So I'll probably sub here like maybe once or twice a week just for a little extra money. And um, I used to run a photography business as my comedy kind of grew and I had to travel on the weekends. I quit that because I was doing mostly weddings and things like that. Have you substitute taught after you left teaching? No, this would be my first substitute experience. I actually, after I left teaching, I was completely burned out and I got a job as an educational consultant. So I had all this free time and for some reason, even though I was really burned out from the year before, I started to feel better about it. And I went back and subtaught at a different district about three or four times. And it was really good extra money. And I actually enjoyed it. Like you go in, someone else has the plans made for you, you finish at the end of the day, and it didn't come with the stress that ultimately made me leave that last year. It wouldn't be something that I felt like I would want to pursue full time, but you might end up really enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Because I mean, the kids are the fun part. And it's not like I'll have to lesson plan or do someone's IEPs or anything like that. If there are any teachers out there right now who are thinking of pursuing more creative roles, or even comedy, what kind of advice would you give them? I would say take some time to evaluate, make a plan, definitely make a plan, you know, make make sure you can take care of yourself first, because 
if you can't take care of yourself financially, put a roof over your head, things like that, you're you're going to be too stressed to be creative and to pursue that. You you need freedom to pursue, really. And um, yeah, make a plan. Make sure it's really what you want. I really do recommend therapy or counseling of some kind if you're going to make that kind of life change. Um, but that's just my personal perspective. I can tell you it was very, very helpful for me. Why do you think it was so helpful for you? I think it was wonderful to get a perspective from a professional who was on the outside looking in. I think when you're in something and you're very involved and close to it and sometimes emotionally charged as well, um, it can be really hard to take that step back and, and look at things in a practical sense. And this is something that she was really able to do and help me with. I know that you mentioned that she had you do a pros and cons list, and it's something that I'm I have to use for myself all of the time to take the emotions out of big decisions, especially the ones that are, you know, fear based. Mm -hmm. Did you find the pros and cons list being really helpful for you? Yes, absolutely. Some of the cons, some of those fears that I had haven't even really become cons, you know, they've, they've just become non issues altogether. Yeah, I've read a lot about the pros and cons list about how your brain specifically makes you focus on one negative factor. Let's say there's, you know, 10 positive factors. And then there's one negative, you say, well, I can't do that because, you know, blank. And when you start to weigh it out, like, well, the pros are this, 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 and this, is that thing that was holding you back really worth holding you back from ever trying, but it's just completely fear-based. Right. And that's, that's how I was about losing my health insurance. I was like, I can't do this. I can't pay out of pocket. I can't, I, I, I did it. I, I just, when, when you've made the decision and you have to do it, you just do it. I think leaving the classroom has made me so much healthier and what I've paid out of pocket and for premiums has just been like dental and an eye exam. Like you're you're never going to know unless you try. Now if you're battling some really terrible health issue and you need your your, you know, health insurance through your union, I wouldn't advise leaving, but if you're relatively healthy and, you know, you can pay out of pocket here and there, there there's really no fear there. I was so scared and Looking back, there there was no reason to be. Everything's turned out fine. I've had two different positions after I left teaching. One of them did come with health insurance and then the other one did not. So currently I am an independent contractor, so I am paying for my own health insurance. And it was the same with me where I was really afraid of it. And then I realized, okay, it's a high premium, but I'm getting the same health insurance I'm paying this fee, but I'm actually making more money now than I did before. So it evens out. It was just a headache figuring out the process and then it was done. Right, right. What other types of things did you weigh with the pros and cons list if it wasn't too personal? Oh, sure. Um, letting go of my house was really hard. I had, I had, you know, kind of built this little life for myself that I had imagined, you know, finally got my master's, was making a a salary that was sizable enough to buy a home in the area where I wanted. And um, it, it was hard after, you know, decorating, painting, you know, making changes and getting exactly what I wanted. It was it was very hard to, to let that go. And I, I was tied to all these material possessions without even realizing it. But 
once I made the decision that that was no longer more important than my happiness and it was no longer more important than pursuing my dreams, it, it became easier and easier. I moved to LA just with a small SUV of stuff, just a carload. And was selling the house ultimately the goal to help you move to Los Angeles to pursue your comedy career? Yes, because I wanted that I wanted that nest egg to live off of just kind of as an emergency fund because I didn't want to have financial stress. I wanted to be free to create. So people who are making huge decisions like moving across the country or pursuing something that might take three months or six months to um, to actually get might have to make a big sacrifice like that. But that's not every single person. And everyone needs to weigh the pros and cons with their specific situation to answer these questions. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of my friends who have left teaching make much more money now and they don't have to worry about their their finances or their lifestyle at all. What are some of the positions that your friends who left teaching, what positions do they have now? Um, I had a friend who's a consultant. I have a friend who does advertising. I have a friend who went and became a speech pathologist. And um, yeah, I mean, they're all making as much or more and are very happy. And do you have any friends who are still in the classroom as well? Oh, yes. Most of my friends I taught with have remained in the classroom. Same with mine. Your friend that you said who is a consultant, what type of consultant are they? I believe textbook. Oh, so maybe a sales consultant? That that would be my guess. It's for, um, it's for one of the publishing companies, but I can't remember which one. So what's your next move, Liz? I am hoping to go back to doing comedy more and more. I hope after the pandemic, I can get some opening spots at some clubs and kind of build a following here in Los Angeles. And um, I have some interest in TV writing as well. I've I've done um, some some classes, completed some coursework in television and late night writing. So I'm just going to continue to kind of build my skills here during quarantine. And um, hopefully once things become a little closer to normal, I can I can find work. So where can people find you? At it's Liz Blanc. So the word it's I-T-S L-I-Z-B-L-A-N-C. Um, that's Twitter, Instagram, and uh, I have TikTok too. If people are into TikTok, it's the same the same handle for all three. Well, we're wishing you the best, and thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I know a lot of people are going to learn a lot from you. Oh well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. huge thank you to Liz Blanc for sharing her story with the Teacher Career Coach podcast audience. In our comedy, Liz illustrates her experiences involving teaching high school, dating, and other horrific moments through a comedic lens that many teachers and former teachers can relate to. I'll be linking some of her best stand-up in the episode's show notes, so don't forget to check them out. As always, please make sure you subscribe to stay tuned and leave a review to help other teachers find the support and community. Thank you so much for joining us and I'll see you on the next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast.